You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hello and welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mashal's Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Josh Kinder, also known as Kinder. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? It's your boy. You know who it is. That's right. <laughs> he messed up a little bit because he used to go in third. Our uh, buddy I know. Bob is <laughs> threw here. me off a little bit. Yeah. He had something else that he'd rather do. That's what he told me personally, that he's like, fuck the podcast, and uh, he'd rather go do something else. So, obviously, <laughs> I'm lying. That is not the case. Bob will be back as soon as he can. He hates missing episodes. He loves you all. So, yes, that, that's a JK. But, but this is episode number 117. We are recording on July 17th for release on July 18th. A couple things to talk about. We are going to talk about Sim and her impact, some community feedback on that, as well as some actual stats on what has been seen from Omnic Meta. You know, thanks a lot to SwitchFox for, you know, putting all these together, giving us something to talk about, some some factual data. So OmnicMeta.com, we're going to talk about the latest Omnic Meta report uh, on Symmetra. We're also going to talk a bit about LFG because we've got some good news about LFG and how it's been performing. Uh, but we're also going to talk about, you know, Maybe some of its problems as well. So we'll we'll go ahead and get into that. Plus, we this this week we actually do have some weekly updates. So holy shit, things are <laughs> happening. Um, before we get into all that, I'd like to welcome anybody listening for the very first time. Thank you very much for checking out Watchpoint Radio. You know, we do talk about Overwatch news and competitive and some esports, but the primary focus of the show is on the community and the state of the game. So even when we do talk about those topics, that's what they revolve around. If you enjoy the show, you know, you can follow us on Twitter at Watchpoint Radio, but we'd also love to have you on our Discord so we can talk some time. Discord.me slash mash those buttons. No matter what platform you're playing on Xbox, PS4, or PC, hop on the Discord. And I'd also like to return, uh, thank any returning listeners. You know, we, we are able to do this show weekly because you guys listen to it. So, you know, whether it's your first re-listen or your 116th re-listen, thank you guys very much. No new subscribers this week on Twitch. And no new patrons, but Secret Pilgrim did increase his pledge. I want to say thank you very much to Secret hey, Pilgrim. We are inching closer and closer to that deep V-neck goal. <laughs> All right, so deep V's, deep V's, high fashion. Uh, so thank you, thank you guys very much for continuing to be patrons. Uh, you know, we we appreciate it a lot. Do have some community feedback and iTunes review uh, from Ruddle says, after listening to every episode over the last year, I thought it was about time to leave a comment. This has consistently been one of my favorite podcasts. Good chemistry between hosts helps make a compelling podcast. These guys have it going on. The discussions around the game are deep and reveal their impressive knowledge of Overwatch. They tend to focus on things of community interest, but also pay some attention to league play as well. 
The podcast is always good humored and never stoops to the nastiness or pettiness as I as I have heard on other Overwatch shows. They must I don't listen to fragging out. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, pe- well, fragging out has maybe some nastiness, but not never pettiness. <laughs> or sorry, no, uh. that's the reverse. Never, you know, <laughs> pettiness, never nastiness. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Nasty, but uh, you know, you get what I'm saying. I messed that joke up. God damn it! I ruined my whole day. Uh, it's all right. So, uh, we'll, we'll fix it in the post. <laughs> yeah, now back back to the uh, review. Uh, I don't agree with everything they say, but they don't always agree with each other. That means a variety of viewpoints are head are head and respected. I'm a console player who doesn't spend much time in competitive play because I have been thoroughly repulsed by the toxicity of some online players. Playing in quick play is nothing like competitive, but I still love it. In fact, I might have given up on the game completely if not for this podcast. Their enthusiasm is infectious and keeps me interested. Keep it up, guys. You're providing a valuable and enjoyable podcast and building community along the way just don't forget us quick play players are part of it too well, first of all thank you very much ruddle for uh for enjo- for your listening to the nice podcast and i'm you. glad that you know you, well one you're enjoying the show I, I really do appreciate that and love that fact but the fact that you know the podcast is also helping you keep engaged in the game that's what we want we want people to play overwatch we want people to enjoy overwatch so we can have more people to play with you know that's kind of why this is a community-based podcast so uh, thank you very much. And believe me, I don't forget that quick play players are part of Overwatch. I actually wish that they would remove. Well, we've talked about it before on the show. You've heard. Right. Uh, we wish that they remove competitive points strictly from competitive and put them into quick play, you know, as well. Because there's a lot of people who don't play competitive. Like, you're not alone. Who, or I should say who don't want to play competitive. There's some people who only play competitive for quick for competitive points because they want golden guns because it's a game item. They want the game item. That's kind of what they do. That's why they, that's one of the reasons why they play games. Why not? I get that. So there's tons of players who still love to play quick play, even before LFG, you know, that's, they just want to hop in with their friends and have a good time and quick play. And that's totally fine. I totally get it. And, uh, overwatch is comprised of a lot of players that play quick play. So trust me, we, we do not forget. And when I talk about like game balance, particularly in this game, I do think about a lot of players that don't uh, play competitively, you know, because, I mean, Overwatch has made it clear that they have this middle of the road balance philosophy. In other games that I've played myself, I usually have the mindset, actually, we had an episode, we had an episode where we discussed this, um, I usually have the mindset that it should be set, you know, balance should be set by, at the highest levels, right. and then trickle down to players. And I've taken a different approach with this game because of how the community is, you know, this community right. is kind of 50-50. And the balance philosophy is 50-50, so you have to take all that into consideration when you balance the game. So, Of course. Um, and don't forget, yeah. Mr. Ruddle, we do have a Discord community that has console players in it. We have um, quite a few, actually. So if you ever yeah. do feel the need to come back into competitive or you want to find people to play with, uh, as we've said on the last few podcasts or the last probably 10 or so, six stacking is the way to go right now for uh, having fun, especially in competitive uh, so come on in the Discord, man. Hop in there. Uh, start finding the six stack. Hell, you probably play with us eventually. Um, well, I don't know. We don't play console, but get a PC. <laughs> I play console. Yeah, John <laughs> plays console. Um, does Geo play console? Who else plays console with you? No, there's a bunch of transplants from console, like the dude abides from console. Mickey Dizzee is from console. Um, Mellow Yeti is also from console, so there's a lot of transplants from console to PC. Um, 
but yeah, hop into Discord because I, I I'm dead serious about doing more game nights for console. The console players when we hop on and do game nights, we have a great time. Even if we're just playing quick play together, because we usually even have in small groups. So we just play some quick play together, have a, a great time, have some good discussions, and that's what it's really all about. And the console players generally tend to um, um, generally tend to enjoy it. So I'm dead serious about doing more of that. Yeah. I'm also trying to find a, way, find a way to incorporate it for our listeners in the UK. Based on the way you spell <laughs> favorite, I'm thinking you're not in the United States. <laughs> that may be untrue, but I'm also trying to figure out a way to you know incorporate uh, you know game nights for our UK players and stuff like that as well. So, right. I have uh, it yeah, on the Xbox. Just let me know, and I'll fucking uh, I'll try to hop in on a game night. I'm going to be terrible because I haven't played console since Halo Reach. But Dude, <laughs> that's, that's why I re- that's why I didn't want to go into competitive with the group that we had. Cause I'm like, I don't want to tank your SR. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, thanks a lot for the review. It really means a lot to us to hear you know stuff like this from the listeners. So thank you very very much. Uh, with that, Kendall, you want to talk about your week in Overwatch? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, finally finished placements. I did one placement alone, and that was a def- definite loss. Like, 100% got, <laughs> got destroyed on that one. Um, I had started my placements on my alt account. Didn't realize I was on that account until I was, like, three games in. So I went into my main account and lost one handily. And uh I said, the hell with this and just quit. And the next night I got in with this uh, in the six stack with uh, Blazing Bob and Mel and I forget who all was in there. I apologize, guys. But um, we he ended up. You. Huh? <laughs> I said he hates you. No, no, we ended up. Uh, we ended up killing it. Yeah. Fucking peasants. Console peasants. Get out of my sight. No. But um, we, we actually killed it. Um, I think we ended up. We played nine games that I was there for. And of those nine, we won seven, tied, or um, what's the, ah, shit, what do they call it? Draw. We had one draw and then one loss. And I, if I'm not mistaken, the loss wasn't that bad either. It was pretty close. And um, while I didn't place diamond or anything, I did place exactly at uh, my last season high, uh, which was like, what, 28, 22 or something like that. Uh, high plat on there. Um, and I did quit last season kind of early just because, you know, um, we had all the changes coming in and everything and there's just like the right. end of season cancer and all that. So I can't yep. complain about that. Can't complain at all. Okay. That's good. I, um, is that all you had? Cause I don't want to make sure I don't want to interrupt you. No, no, I, I was, uh, I was doing it on purpose because you were still chewing and I just wanted to screw you up on that. So you couldn't finish eating. <laughs> oh, thank you. You don't want to nourish my body. That's the type of friend Kender is. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, my uh, my weekend Overwatch, I guess it was fine. I uh, when I placed my main account, or I should call it my tank account now. I I think I I placed it in twenty six hundred. I already knew it was going to place low because I have really fucked up my MMR. Right, and um. I immediately, like, as soon as I placed it, I actually immediately went into a loss streak. So I went from, like, 2,600 to, like, damn near 2,500. And last week, and about, it took me about two days, uh, I had to, I was able to pull it back up to 2,700. And it wasn't even really that difficult to do. Uh, I just played Zarya. And I'm good enough with Zarya that at 2,500, I'm just going to blaze through these people. And that's pretty much what happened. I just had to play a lot of games, though. 
because the hidden MMR, like the, your, the fact that your hidden MMR does affect your SR is still kind of an issue. Like I'm getting phenomenal stats, phenomenal stats, right? Um, and I did a test too. I played uh, Zarya at around like 2,500, and I was only getting 22, 20 to 22 points per match, uh, uh, SR per match that I won. Switched over to my other account and uh, played Zarya. Had better stats on the first account, right? And I was getting between 26 to 30 SR per game. <laughs> same Fucking SR MMR range. Is just messed up, man. S- same SR range. Like, this is like, this is, uh, they have two accounts that are in the same SR range, but the other account I went to was like my DPS only account, right? And I started playing Zarya on it. I'm getting 26 to 20 to 30 SR per game versus 20 to 22. Now, the first day I played it was like that. The second day I played it, it's almost like the MMR had caught up a little bit. And now I was getting 22 to 25 SR per game, you know? So, you know, that's the thing about that hidden MMR. If the, if the system thinks that you're supposed to be lower, it's going to try to keep you there. And it's I don't man think it's me up- down. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it updates as fast as regular SR. It might only update overnight or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't right. want to. All I can do is speculate. But it took me longer. I probably, if I, 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 I probably would have only taken me one day to do if that wasn't happening. But I mean, I'm not like complaining about it. They were kind of easy matches. I was hoping that it wouldn't make me lazy, <laughs> you know, because like it's just so easy. Just like just bubble jump in front of somebody, taking them, you know. F- just right. burn them down like that's <laughs> the end of it um so yeah i actually once i uh, i actually did have to start playing reinhardt once i got to the top of like the 2600 though to be honest with you mm. because uh well one the reinhardts i was playing with just weren't um i don't know they just weren't they weren't doing the job right yeah. so instead of me picking because what i was doing i was going i was hopping into a game i was picking zarya and the reinhardts really weren't doing it and then I just pick Reinhardt and I just like, you know, kind of fuck him up. Uh, I wish I could play Arissa more, you know, I, uh, but Arissa's just not doing this that great in the meta right now. Yeah. I mean, and, it's kind of a death sentence right now to play Arissa, uh, to be yeah. perfectly honest. And it's not that she's a bad character, right? I don't think they need to make any changes to her kit. And I hope that they don't. Uh, it's just, it's the, it's the, it's the meta that supports her. Right. That they well the meta doesn't support her right. If you have a Hanzo that's not behind your shield, he's off somewhere. You have a Widow somewhere. It makes it very easy for uh, them to walk through your shield if your other tank is not playing Hog. Right. Basically, Hog keeps people away from you. But right now, it's just way too easy for somebody to walk through Arissa's shield. You know, and I can only do so much with that. Right. So we'll, we'll see how uh, that meta changes with all the stuff they got coming in. Um, Absolutely. Oh, there was one more thing actually um, that I meant to mention. Uh, congratulations to Melarina. Uh, she made diamond uh, right after I left. Uh, she finally hit diamond, and supposedly she went back down, but she hit it. Uh, and I don't know if she's back in. I, I would assume she's back in it by now. But uh, congrats to her for that. And you know, we already know about Bob uh, hitting like high diamond now. So we'll see if he can make masters this season. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I did see that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else happened. I got not really because uh, I placed my my support account as well, and that's at like 28. 
or was it twenty eight something? We lost the match on uh, Saturday, so it's below twenty eight hundred now. But right, you know, it's it's kind of whatever. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up, because uh, I I know that we've been talking a lot about six stacking, six stacking, six stacking, and the game is definitely played best with six stacks. It's built to be played with six stacks and teams that work together and communicate and, uh, you know, build up with each other over time. It's built for that, no doubt. But what I don't want to do is make it seem like if you don't have a six stack, there's no reason to play and that you can't solo queue. Right. Uh, because you can. You still can. It's just the best way to play is with a six stack. Um, it's just, you know, I... I uh, when you play solo or in a two stack or something like that, there's a couple of things you got to be prepared to do. Uh, if you want to win, you got to be prepared to lead, you know, or <laughs> yeah, follow 100%. one of the two, one of the two. If somebody else is leading, you got to listen. And if nobody's leading, you got to lead. It's probably one of the reasons why my support account, which I play Zenyatta on is the highest of my accounts without like, I'm not going to say it was with little to no effort, but like, with definitely less effort than me playing on my tank account. Right. You know, and a lot of it has to do, I'm playing Zenyatta, I'm making calls. Like, my Zenyatta account, I, I, I get shot call after shot call after shot caller. And that's because I'm, you know, I'm putting Discord on people, I'm making targets, but that's that's technically speaking leading when nobody else is really talking. You're giving the team somebody right. to focus on, you know. When, when you're in that support uh, role, too, I mean, that's the single biggest skill, in my opinion, that you need to have for solo or duo, duo queue is play calling. And when you're playing right. a support, that's kind of your role anyway. That's the role you should be you you should have is a uh, shot calling because you know you're generally playing back. You can kind of get a view of the whole field, everything like that. If you're right. the one getting shot at, then you know comms are clear and you're like, I need help here. You know, I mean, it's it's just a really good skill skill to have. But if you're playing solo queue as a DPS it's a little harder. So you may want to look into case stick stacking there, just because. You know, it's just yeah. Easier. Will, that is that is a bit harder. I, I, I will say that. I know, like, um, <laughs> you know, like well, even with my with my tank account, like I played, like I, I didn't play um, with the LFG in a lot of those games. I actually ended up playing like solo, right? Because they're like those two nights, like I hopped into some LFG games. LFG was not popping those nights. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go into solo. And try to get some people to work with me. You know, go with the old strategy, protect the idiots. You know, <laughs> but it also required a lot of talking and, you know, making changes when needed and, you know, stuff like that. So that that's what I, I, I kind of want to bring up. Like, I don't want to discourage anybody from playing because not everybody is going to have six people to play with. And even if you have six people to play with, you may not be able to schedule playing with them. Like you don't have, not everybody, actually most players are not going to have those pools of players, right? Right. That's why I do recommend LFG, but for you know, some people who don't like LFG. So if you don't like LFG, you can still play the game. You know, I just kind of want to put that out there. I don't want to say that we're shitting on solo queuing, but it would, it, it is harder. And if you're going to play, you got to be ready to either listen or lead. And then on top of that, you can't let... Uh, some of these, um, you know, more toxic players get to you. You got to mute them. You got to put them out your head. Um, you know, it's right. It, 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 it's, it does take a cool. different skill set. You know, when you're in the six stack, you know, you have your role. You know what you're supposed to be doing, and you're in that place at all times. You know, when I, like when I'm playing on our team, I'm playing Brigida. I'm supporting my my role is support Ryan. Uh, keep keep him up. 
set him up, things like that, and make calls for people to kill when no one else is already making a call. That's my role. Yeah. But if I go into solo queue and I play Brigada, I have to switch that up and I have to start making play calls because nobody else really does. And I'm technically a support too. So it's just, it just depends on what you're doing as to what, as to what skill set you really need to work with your team. Right. And another thing is you have to be able to identify when things need to change, whether it's you or somebody else. And you have to really know when it's you, right? Right. Like there's sometimes when I'm playing Zenyatta and it's, we're just not getting enough heals. It could be that we have a mercy and I have gold heals over the mercy. That means the mercy is not doing a great job, right? Right. So do I like say mercy, get your shit together? You know, you need to be doing a better job or do I switch to Moira? You know, or that's you got to look at that. Like, you know, I'll make that switch to Moira. Right. That that you have to say, like, you know, like, is me talking to this person going to help them out or help me win? Or should I just move into a different role? Right. right. Same thing as like, you know, if you if you guys are getting stopped, you need to sometimes you need to stop just banging your head on you know, or banging against that door, trying to just push through. Like you need to hit tab, look at what they have, look at what you have, and say, We need to make some changes. I think we could use a Farah here. We could use right. a Reaper here. Uh, you know, we might want to switch tanks, stuff like that. Right. And when you're in solo queue, the motto of the show is no more true anywhere than it is in solo queue. The the meta is not gospel at all in solo queue. You can run some crazy shit in solos, and if it works better with your team, you're going to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what I just wanted to put that out there because I don't want to discourage anybody from playing just because you don't have a group to play with. And if you like solo queue, you know, so. Right. I will say, but we're actually going to hop. We're going to talk about more about LFG a little bit later. Right now, we're going to hop into our main topics. Uh, you know, the first one is about Sim. And we're going to first start with some thoughts from the community on Sim because on the Watchpoint Radio Twitter, manned by Blaze and Bob this time, posted a question. It says, the new Symmetra is in competitive play now. Tell us what you think. Have your games seen her in a lot of competitive? Have you seen her in a lot of competitive games? If so, at what SR? Was she effective, ineffective? You love her, hate her. We want to hear your thoughts. So we did get some replies. Big Juicy Hog says, sometimes she seems really good, but mostly she seems bad. As people get to as people get more creative, she is going to be more oppressive. Her turrets are really annoying now. So he, that's Big Juicy Hog. Spanky Hunter says, but I must say, it's awesome to actually I think he has a longer thread. Here we go. Uh, uh, no, okay, here we go. But I must say, it is awesome to click against Ryan Orissa shields. They just stand there while I ramp up the damage with no ammo cost, then I melt them and get the WTF in chat. People don't read patch notes. That is true. And I'm going to talk about that in particular. Um, let's see. What else? Solo let's says, see. hold Sorry. up, you reinstalled? Yeah, exactly. Like, see, I guess he stopped playing for some time and you know he came back. He says, the only time I've seen her was when I played the Spanky Hunter still. The only time I've seen her is when I played her. She was fun. It's like a whole new character. Spamming that right click is amazing. Most of my team didn't have an interact key bound, so that's uh, the thing for her. Telly, the torrent, the the turrets. I think he, I think it, it put him as at torrents, but the turrets tended uh, tended to melt or get wiped just from spam. Alt is okay. Uh, and somebody else says, "I wish you didn't have to use interact to use a gate." I actually have a thought about that too, which I'll get into. 
Uh, Mercy says, or Mind of Mercy says, she's a little bit easier to shoot at, so I'm okay with it. Uh, which is true. Like before, said, like now you have to have at least Zarya level tracking, right. you know, to make her effective. At least. Uh, Word Woman says, Word Woman OW, she can be a playmaker in the right hands. Last night I noticed just in time to scream over comms that she <clears throat> used her tally to put most of her team in a position to flank us hard. They would have wiped us. And James or Deathblow says, uh, I almost use your government. Sorry about that. <laughs> Deathblow says, uh, two enthusiastic thumbs up. So uh, back to what Word Woman OW says, I do think that her turrets and her teleporter need to make more noise because they are dangerous. They, they, they oh, yeah. weren't being dangerous. Just like I think Hanzo should make more noise, to be perfectly honest with you. When he's shooting tree trunks at you, that hurt a lot. <laughs> I think he should make more noise when he's close to you. Um, yeah, I've, I've yeah, heard uh, multiple people talk about how quiet the turrets are. I mean, just everybody really. Uh, they're the louder in transit than they are when they're actually up. Right. So if you like, that's when I respond to them right now, when they're in transit. Like when they're in transit and I hit a, <laughs> I'm looking for it so I can destroy it if possible. I do I do think the speed is fine. Some people say, oh, it needs to be faster. No, it fucking doesn't because if it nah. hits its target, it's fine. Not to mention, the turrets have a really wide, long range. So what I tend to do is that I will throw them high above people right. so they're not like zooming right past their head. And typically it gets behind them. It starts charging them, especially Reinhardt's because like it'll go behind them. And Reinhardt's like, I'm getting hit. And he turns around and he has a shield, but he can't reach yeah. the turret. So and good. that's when you can get your team to shoot him in the back, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. I, I do think because I said I had something to say about the turret, not the turret. Sorry, the teleporter. Instead of the teleporter requiring interact, I think it should be more of a portal, like you know, a valve right. portal type portal, right? Where you can like you just walk right through it, or it basically makes a hole in the map so you can right. Like it uh, used to be, right whenever uh, whenever it was an old kind of, except you can right. shoot through it now. Is that what exactly, you're saying? Exactly, but I, yeah, I also think that it should be open in both sides. So if you shoot through it, something comes comes through, and that goes for both teams. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I think that would make it you played yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker! Like you know, Surprise, so you're right there. <laughs> yeah, I think it should go in both directions for both teams. I think you should be able to shoot through it, and I think it'll add additional utility to it because instead of you know having a teleporter and only having people being able to sh- like you know teleport to it, because once somebody sees the teleporter, if somebody teleports to it, that's like a death sentence, right? Right. Uh, I think if you put a teleporter down and allow <laughs> like you know somebody to shoot from a different angle, but allow somebody to shoot right back. That is, uh, that is, I think that would be pretty cool. Obviously, there's some balancing stuff that has to go in there, right? As well, I'm not saying just like just do this and it'll be perfectly fine, but I think that would be a really cool concept, and people will use her teleporter a bit more because uh, we're going to get into the Omnic Meta Report, and you will see that not everybody's using her teleporter that well. <laughs> um, it is so hard I do to do. Think, yeah. I think so. Actually, I did realize something, and this has nothing, well, it has kind of something to do with the teleporter. This is kind of a side note. I think that since Diva's mech, when it's exploding, and um, 
and Roadhog's uh, roommates here. <laughs> yeah, so I see him. I was like, "Can do somebody's gonna kill you." <laughs> I think since Diva's mech and Roadhog's not Roadhog, um, Junkrat's tire, tire can go through the teleporter, and they can go through the teleporter because they're independent, like um, entities, right in the game. Like they're basically like character models in the game, right? I think Arissa should be able to grab pull those two items. You know, right that, she, that makes a lot of sense. I never thought about that. Roadhog can hook both of those <laughs> items. Right. The Roadhog can hook the tire and the, the diva mech. Right. But Arissa cannot grab pull them. I never thought about that, but that makes, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. That, that I would add so much utility to like her. Well, just ult denial for one. Like Diva throws out a mech and you pull it into the fucking hole on uh on well on Elios. Is it, is it Elios? Well, or you pull it off the side in uh Sanctum. Right. In Nepal. You know, yeah, something like that. I think that would be fucking awesome. Because yeah. the thing is I, I was in, I was playing a game and I shouldn't have experimented at this point. And I saw the junk wreck <laughs> tire coming, I was like, I can shoot it. Or I can see if I can pull it with the grab. <laughs> That's some quick play shit. And I was like, eh, fuck it. Let's check it out. Let's see if I can do it. And I couldn't do it. So I was yeah, like, oh. It was at this moment, John knew he fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoops. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, um, but yeah. But back to Symmetra. That's just some thought that I had. But back to Symmetra. Um, let's talk about the Omnic matter. And I want to talk more about how she's played how I think, how she's being played, and how I think, well, I want to talk about the stats, how I think she's being played, and how I think she should be played. So we'll, right. we'll, we'll do that. So I definitely should, uh, recommend everybody check out OmnicMeta.com, and we're going to put this pat, we're going to put this report into our notes for the show, because it's going to be way more detailed than what we're talking about here. You should definitely check that out for yourself. Uh, but just to kind of give you the cliff notes of you know what we're seeing here, Oh, uh, Symmetra seems to be in a kind of a worse place than she was with them with the rework, right? Mm -hmm. Um, her damage has increased across all tiers by about twenty five percent, but that's because everything she does now does more damage. She does more damage with the beam. She does more damage with her uh, with her turrets, you know, stuff like that. But even with that being the case, as a damage character, she lags behind most other damage characters and right. as far as um you know uh i think by as much as 30 percent at some case in some cases i'm looking at the chart here and the only characters it looks like she's kind of beating out like widowmaker and tracer at most tiers but other than that that's yeah. that's that's kind of it um, I'm surprised she's beating Tracer oh. even now, but well, Tracer is really out of meta at this point. So. <laughs> right now, yeah. So her final blows are 30% less than other other damage heroes' final blows. Dead last when it comes to damage heroes and nearly below all tanks in terms of final blows. So not only is she not getting a ton of damage, it appears, she's also uh, you know, not getting final blows. Right, which with those with those turrets, you would kind of expect for her to be able to do that. You know, somebody's right. trying to escape is like, got gotcha, bitch. Like, you know, you know, you're not getting away today. So, you know, you uh, you would expect that, but it's that's not necessarily the case. Right. When it comes to her teleporter, like I said, it appears to be a high skill capability. Right. Um, 
her teleporter, if you look at the old patch, 1.24, per 10 minutes, she was only teleporting. She was teleporting less than 10 people. With the 1.25 patch, uh, she is at low tiers. She's teleporting a little bit over 10 people per, per every 10 minutes, and it goes up as the tiers increase. When it goes to gold, it's 15 people. When it goes to platinum, it's a little bit over 20. Over 25 in uh, diamond and masters is around the same. And then you go to grandmaster, they're teleporting almost 40 people per 10 minutes. Yeah, that's a lot of teleporting there. But I'm sure they're yeah. they're all they're using it just for positioning. Everybody knows what the hell they're doing. They have strats, whereas in the lower tiers, like those strats haven't really come yeah. in yet. You know. Yeah, yeah. And then Bob, Bob's in the chat right now. He says, you know, we were so wrong about her possibly being really good. I still, I'm going to disagree with that, and I'm going to get into that in a, in a little bit here. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the way she's being played, right? Uh, so, uh, but her block damage has gone up by about 45%. Who knew that people would continue <laughs> to shoot the wall instead of walking through it? Who knew? <laughs> like, like, you know? Uh, yeah, so people continue to shoot that wall instead of walking through it. Actually, I've used, to be honest, I've used that wall as like, you know, to save the team many times, to be honest with you. Like, you just kind of put that shit up. And that does give your team the advantage. Like as somebody's trying to march through that shield, you know, right. they they gotta take they they're taking those hits. It's either going into their barriers or something. I've killed oh my god, I've killed so many Pharahs. So many Pharahs all through that <laughs> shit. I love it. Uh but yeah, her block damage has gone up by forty five percent, so that's nice. But it's also kinda hard to and Switch Fox says in his report here, it's kinda hard to compare it to an ability which was her uh Shield generator, right? Or her uh, her deployable shield is, uh, I guess, what he's talking about. Remember right, her, well, old, her old E ability? Well, no, like he's doing this based off of patch 1.24, so it will be her shield generator. I believe. I mean, I dam- damage blocked would be, that would be focused on actual shields, would it not? Symmetra's yeah, old well, barrier. Yeah, her, sh- yeah, her, old yeah, barrier, her, not her shield, shield generator constantly generates barrier for you, so, you know. Yeah, he's it's patch point one point two four. So, but um, her usage has gone up a little bit, two percent in gold and three percent in platinum. Other than that, her usage is still around the same, but her win rate has decreased about five percent. People are not winning with her as much. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say you can chalk that up to um to people not being used to her yet. I mean, her win rate's gonna go down when you have a character with a complete rework, you know. And if it's not, if it's balanced right, the win rate's gonna be lower, I would think, because people aren't used to how to play her. You know, what right? I mean? Well, I mean, you could take a look at Hanzo, but then again, like you know, we all agree that his storm arrow is a little bit too much, right? And, and his in this meta, he's super good. You know, in this meta, I would say Sim's probably at a disadvantage along with most other DPS that aren't Hanzo Widow. Uh, so if she's in that kind of place, I would say her win rate's gonna go down because people aren't used to her. The meta's not exactly conducive to her. Um, in a better meta, I think she would have a higher win rate. See, the thing about it, though, is that her, this rework specifically, so Hanzo's rework was more about um, taking away a cheesy ability. Right. You know, that's what his rework was more about. Her rework was about making her more usable in general. And this is why I don't like reworks like this. Um, You know, she was a niche character that did well in certain areas, uh, certain maps, certain situations. 
And I think that was totally okay. Wanting her to have her win, like, oh, no, well, she's not being used enough. We want her win rate more. That's not a reason to change a character in the game. In right. My um, <laughs> but, like, if her usage went up and her win rate, win rate went down, I could see that. You know, more people are using her. They don't know necessarily know how to use her that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's, you know, she's has a lower win rate because of that. Um, the fact that her win, her usage is staying the same and it's a decrease, you know, her win rate is decreasing. That's a bit, I think it's a little bit uh, more trouble because even the people who want to use Symmetra on a regular basis or use her on a regular basis are having trouble with the new Symmetra. Um, Big Juicy Hog Exchange chat just said, uh, she used to get only get played on certain defense. Now people try to run her in every situation. One of the reasons for the lower win rate, and that's true. Like people are trying to figure her out. Like Kendra said, so right. I'm not completely discounting that because that's going to happen. But you will find that so- I would imagine somebody is able to figure her out at this point. She's been out. She's been like this for weeks. Also, people have low aim now. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that is a uh, one of the best changes they made to her kit is that it doesn't lock on to you. Right. And um and you can look at going. it too and say the the uh usage increase is what plus two plus three percent in golden plat. Um and about this just a little bit higher everywhere else, you know, her win rate or her uh usage rate is up a little bit and her win rate's down about five percent. So I'd say a few percentage points of that is people that don't normally play sim jumping in and giving her a shot in comp. And then you have people that did play Sim or or at least decent enough to play or have Zarya level tracking everything, trying to figure her out. And one thing that I noticed is I, I like playing Zarya. I love that the tracking beam of hers, and I'm pretty good at it. Um, I kept trying to use her primary fire like you use a Zarya beam, and it's just so much shorter. And that that kind of weird like depth perception muscle memory that's supposed to be there just wasn't there. And I kept firing at somebody just not being able to fucking touch him. And that, that sucked. That's my least favorite part about her entire kit right now. Uh, I have done the same thing, but I, well, actually I used to do the same thing, but I've gotten used to it at this point. (laughs) I think the biggest problem with Sim is how people use her now. Like I've seen people use her in multiple ways. Um, my personal experience with Sim, I have under, and I've played quite a few games with her. I I would say I've probably played at least thirty games with Sim between quick play and competitive at this point. Right. And I've had under, t- uh, yeah, under ten games where I didn't come out of that with gold damage. Right. And gold limbs. Ten, like I would say about ten, maybe like, it's definitely less than ten. But I can't remember like if it's eight or nine, but. Where I, because I, it was so uncommon that I took notice to it that I did not have gold damage and gold <laughs> limbs, <laughs> you know. Um, so the fact that that her damage is so low across the board, it, it kind of tells me that people just aren't really playing her correctly, you know. Right. Um, I think one problem is that some people focus on the teleporter, right? They focus on getting those teleports. Like I had people teleporting directly <laughs> behind like our Reinhardt. There's people behind the Reinhardt, dude. Like we're gonna see the teleporter, like, you know, <laughs> come in. Like they teleport, teleport come up, and since it takes a few seconds to actually kill a teleporter, I see the sim come through the teleporter with everybody there. Like, what <laughs> is you doing? <laughs> you know, oh, like no, why are you <laughs> right? Like they're not necessarily using the teleporter strategically. I gotta be honest, like when I play it, uh 
I know I'm not using a teleporter to its fullest potential. I'm just not doing it. It's just not really right. working. Like I actually have to think about, oh, that's right, I have the fucking teleporter. Because most of the time, I'm actually baking people. Um, I'm using her more for damage, right? Like, if I'm going to get into a fight with somebody, like, it, I think a lot of them is preparing to fight. If I right. see that I'm getting ready to engage somebody, the first thing I do is toss a, tel- uh, you know, a, uh, a, not a teleporter, sorry, like a, um, a turret, either possibly on the ground, like a little far away from them, but still near enough to hit them, right. or on the wall or something like that, and then I start the fight because that's two points of damage, and I have actually, I've died in, like, in own fights and still get a kill that allowed the payload to move forward because, right. you know, they may have gotten me, but they didn't get the you know, they didn't get the, t- the turret um, and that's a the- general strategy for builder builder type heroes, like when you play Torbjord, one of the little known kind of strats is don't go in there without a turret. You know, if you if your turret's been killed or you have it available, throw down a level one turret. Don't start building it up, but throw down that level one circle around. That way they have to deal with two points of damage. It's the same thing with Sim, like you just said. Make sure right. that you have a distraction. At the very least, they're going to have to turn around for a second and fire at the turret. So that gives you right. free damage regardless. Right. Usually if I die, <laughs> it's other like um, it's other damage characters, mainly like McCree or something like that that can stun me. And right. stop me from moving and get a shot him, but then you know turrets still up baking him, and he dies. I said before, I usually throw turrets in high places that can reach. That probably needs to be nerfed a little bit, to be honest with you, because I have thrown some turrets like, oh man, I threw it too high, and all of a sudden, like I'm like, oh wow, it still works up there. <laughs> you know, they don't notice it. Well, I get play. Well, I've gotten plays of the games all the time from standing in front of a Reinhardt shield or standing in front of a Rissa shield or standing in front of a um, Winston shield, charging up, and then walking through the shield. <laughs> you know, right. like you charge up, you walk through the shield. If you are not by yourself, that's another key too. Yeah. You're not going to take on all these people at one time, right? If you are not by yourself, um, that's a really tough thing. Like you charge up to level three and walk through somebody's shield you know, the Reinhardt, if it's, especially if it's a Reinhardt, he has to respond. The longer he keeps his shield up, the worse it's going to be when yeah. I get through it. When I get home, I'm going to whoop you. It's, it's <laughs> like that. The same like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, now you're like, when I come through this shield, you're going to catch an ass whooping. <laughs> you know? So, and it takes at least three hits from her having 100 health to... Uh, you know, to kill him. So if it's you and somebody else, you're cooking him at what, 90, I think it's like 90 damage points per second, and somebody else is like tapping on him too, the Reinhardt's gonna go down. Yeah. You baking him with your primary, somebody else tapping him, and you have a turret or two up? Nah. Like you have, But that has to be pre-planned, right? You can't just kind of, you have to think fast, put it down, and then start it. Right. You know? Most Reinhardts aren't going to swing at turrets as they come by. They're gonna, just going to make it through their shield because, like, every time, every moment he doesn't have his shield up, that's just bad for him. So you, you put him in, you put him Reinhardt into these impossible situations, and you can kind of push through that. Um, when it comes to Arissa, it's yeah, it's really bad for Arissa because you just stand there and charge, especially if you know she put she's just put the shield down. Right. You don't even have to worry about you know the shield by breaking the shield. You just walk through it. And then if Arissa starts doing her Arissa dance, that's fine. Because for every moment you hit the shield, 
you're getting ammo back. Right. <laughs> you know, and you can cook her. Winston is the same thing. Like you, you know, he can do his little Winston dance through the shield. You cook him, you know, you cook the shield, you get ammo back. You're cooking him, you're killing him. It's a win-win. But the worst is for the people that are behind the shields when <laughs> when you make it through with a level three <laughs> fucking, you know, charge. Like any two hundred health arrow, if if you just have decent tracking, they are dead within like two and a half seconds. Is right. that? Less than like less than two and a half seconds, those characters are dead. So generally speaking, that's what I do. Even if I end up killing, get, like getting killed myself, if I traded three for one, okay, <laughs> that's not a problem, right? You know, you know, Zenyatta, if- like disappears like I was Thanos. <laughs> I snapped my fucking fingers, like you know. <laughs> I don't feel so good, <laughs> but um, I was gonna say if it weren't for Brigida doing the job so much better, uh, this new Symmetra I think would have been a really good counter to dive tanks like Winston and Diva. As you get Winston right. that dives in, you charge on a shield, he, you know, same thing as Orissa does the shield dance and you know, he's cooked and then you get Diva and she can't defense matrix that beam. And she's a huge target. You're just getting all kind of charge. Um, I played a little bit of Symmetra the other day and uh, came up against a real trigger happy Diva that for whatever reason decided she wanted to dive sim constantly. And those little pellets of hers have a hard time killing turrets if she's not close to them. So she's just getting banged. She's a really good counter to Diva, actually, like surprisingly good. Oh yeah, I think Diva's about to, is going to be running into some real trouble soon <laughs> because oh yeah, yeah, you know, between Brigitte and and fucking uh, Symmetra, like that's tough, man. Oh yeah, okay, I, I really, you know, even if you don't play like an aggressive Symmetra, right? First of all, I don't recommend the Symmetra to run into a place on her own. That's just I don't recommend no, no. That happening. Uh, you always, when you're going to engage, you always got to do it with your team. <laughs> and I think a lot of Symmetras are acting like they're fucking McCree, you know, <laughs> or they're Soldier 76. You know, that just doesn't happen. I haven't even gotten into usage of her secondary, the the, the splash damage, because if at a distance, you just slam the splash damage oh, against yeah. my shield. If you have decent tracking, because it, it moves so fast, like, I've killed, like, DPS characters uh, that are moving, and, like, I just, you know, throw the ball in front of them, they kind of run into it because it, it moves pretty fast. Or you can do the, the like the, you know the little bursts because they hurt too. Yeah. So like she has reach, and she she has reach and power. You know, I, I just like I said, I do think it has a lot to do with the way people are playing her. If you are behind a Reinhardt shield, if you, if you have a Reinhardt v Reinhardt, right? But one Reinhardt has a Symmetra with him, the other Reinhardt's gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could just crack. You could just crack, you can crack shields. And then it's, the reason it's so powerful is because you could crack a shield for free. Oh, Everybody yeah. else when they're cracking shields, it's not for free. They're using up ammo. Symmetra can bust shields for free. I've exposed Brigitte so many times because I just stay out of her. You could just stay out of her range. You're, you're golden. She's generally only going to get one chance to charge at you to hit you before right. you can crack her shield. And if you could just, if she doesn't hit you, you're going to crack that shield. And now she is wide open. By the time the shield comes down, she'll be close enough to swing at you. That's for sure. But by the time that shield comes down, you're at level three, dude. Like, you're going to kill her. Oh, more yeah. than likely, or leave her severely wounded. Yeah. You the know? Brigitte without her shield, or a Brigitte with a broken shield is just, she's done. There's nothing she can do. It's just basically a fucking weaker, weaker Reinhardt without a shield at that point. 
Exactly. Now, I'm not saying Symmetra is the godsend, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I just think as a community, we could be doing better. <laughs> we, we, we could be utilizing her a lot better. I think it has a lot to do with the way people plan her. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that she's not in Overwatch League right now in her current state, if, if I remember correctly. Right. Um, so I, a lot of people are looking to Overwatch League to see how they play her. And since she's not there, like, okay, now you got to wait and see what happens. <laughs> you know? Right. So they're like, you, you don't have like the Brigitte or, um, you know, she was in Overwatch League and people kind of picked up on her pretty quickly because right. they're able to see how somebody else was, was playing her. Um, right. I see what you're yeah, saying, Bob. Bob says, uh, but you only use shield as you move forward, then the shield's down and you're smashing Sim's head. That's why you back up with Sim, and even if she closes the distance with her uh, CC ability, she, that's on cooldown now. Uh, so it, it's, it's kind of a counterplay thing, is what Giles is saying. But, um, yeah, exactly. He, like, if you, like, his, in his experience, he's run across a bunch of bad symmetrics, overly aggressive. Like, you don't right. get into range. You have a 10-meter range on that beam. You don't get into range of the person. When I'm baking a Reinhardt shield, it's at the very edge. Right. You know, I want to make sure when he swings, he doesn't hit me. You know, it's at the very edge of that shield. You got to, people got to play a little smarter. You know, they got that. That's, that's it. That's the thing. You have to, they got, they have to play smarter. Right. That, at the end of the day, like you have to use that range, you know. And even if you're closer because you're with somebody like a Reinhardt, for example, your Reinhardt and you versus their Reinhardt, if they're like, they're like, you should be both of you together. If that Reinhardt drops his shield, should be able to kill that Reinhardt collectively. If you can't, <laughs> you deserve to die. You deserved what you got. <laughs> and like I yeah, said but, before, um, with Symmetra, I I don't think that they should make any changes to her just yet. Uh, leave her how she is, even if she seems like she's in the worst place right now. I believe it's the meta. Um, once the meta changes again, and it will, uh, she may be in a better place. If Dive ever comes back, or Dive tanks ever come back, like Winston and Diva, things like that, she's going to be strong against them because then she's with her team. She's not going out like a fucking solo DPS or anything, exposing herself. She's one v oneing these these people. She's strong against, and then you have the positioning aspect of her too. So you're not running in with a fucking sim all gung ho like McCree. And I think that's where she'll shine the most is when the meta changes again. I don't think they should change again because this is a second rework, second one. Give it up. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> stop trying to push characters into the meta. Right. Please stop <laughs> trying to push characters into the meta. You know, I've complained about this over and over and over and over again. That Blizzard changes the game too quickly. Right. They just they 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 they, they, they balance things that don't need to be balanced. Right. You know, they I, just want to make the character say, more popular. Go I ahead. would say it's really good right now to compare her in her current state to Tracer. In another meta, Tracer was by no means weak. Tracer was one of the best, if not the best, character in the entire game. Uh, extremely strong. Had a, you know, has a great kit. Has all the tools she needs. Then the meta shifted. Nothing changed about her, but she's all of a sudden out of meta, lower win rate, basically unusable. And Symmetra is kind of in the same spot. If you leave her alone and let the meta change, I think Symmetra could be in a much better place as Tracer will eventually. Yeah, the thing is, like you know, Bob says, please keep trying to push heroes on the meta. I I still <laughs> disagree because. If the game, if you let the game sit, it's not going to stay. The meta isn't going to stay forever. There's not a single game that I have played 
where you the game the devs stop balancing it and the game just stays exactly the same. Pros will figure out a way because you know uh, pros will, they're always looking for ways to get around. And right. once a meta sets in and everybody's using that meta, you know who's the next champion? The people who figure out how to work around it with what they have. Those are the cha- those are the next champs. And then you have people trying to figure out okay, well how do we beat that then? <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. how. The meta uh, typically that's how metas generally change in esports, you know. In, like, in I the mean, words just, of the great Jeff Goldblum, life uh finds a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm mean, like, you know, like there's just other especially other shooters, right? They don't balance uh, like I mean, how often do they balance the guns in Counter-Strike? Right. <laughs> you know, like it's like <laughs> how they, they do that. But yet, maps that have been played for years at a time mm. are could pros are constantly finding new ways to get around and beat them that's what i'm saying like a lot of i know a lot of people are afraid that if they don't make changes to characters and the metal remains stale that there's just no precedent for that you know not to mention this game adds new characters every four months or every three months oh no every four months sorry yeah every four months the game adds a character that alone is usually enough to make changes to the game you right. know as long as the character is balanced properly so um no i don't think like w- every time blizzard makes a change to a character just to make them more popular or more usable because they don't like how low their win rate is that can cause a problem way later down the road they have to readjust the character again right. like what are you going to do the tracer to bring her back hopefully nothing and let this kind of like set all out you know let let this you know let this work a little bit um so that's 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 i i think they should let the game sit for a while they're obviously not going to do that but at the same time you know i don't think they should keep changing symmetra to make her more viable they keep changing certain characters like there's no doubt in my mind they're going to do something to bastion again and i'm like horrified by that thought They're going to do something to Bastion again and try to make him more viable because he's still not picked all that much. Right. You know? And one of the reasons I think is because it's not that fun to play a gun turret. <laughs> 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 to be perfectly honest with you. But um, no, like we'll, we'll see what happens with him. I do think that as people learn her, she will become more popular and she definitely has her uses. But I think people just need to figure out how to use her. You know, and that's that's because I've had great success using her, and I think she's pretty fun to play. But it's not just me having being able to use her. I have it's the people around her that also need to be able to work with her, right? right. If the people that I'm moving up with, uh, like if a, if a Reinhardt's not really making space or causing distractions or something like that, then yeah, you're gonna run into some big trouble with her. But like if you if you can work with her with your team, like she pumps out a shit ton of damage. You know, if you have the aim. So right. we'll see. But um, let's move on to the LFG portion. So we did get some good news about LFG. General Jeff Kaplan says that abusive chat reports are down and competitive by 26.4% and overall by 28.8% in the United States. This is, um, which is pretty awesome, you know, that, you know, the, the LFG is causing people to not be as abusive in chat i wonder who said that would happen <laughs> oh that's right jostradamus <laughs> i knew it was coming yeah, exactly <laughs> like, I wonder who said that 
That's what that's what my Joshua Domus post was about. My Joshua Domus post wasn't about the fact that they added a feature that I said they should add, right? The Joshua Domus post was about the effects of said feature. You know, people, lots of people you are praising call it. <laughs> yeah, it's like lots of people are praising LFG because your match quality is better. People are communicating more, you know? And on top of that, abusive chat has been down. This is what happens when you get a bit more community <laughs> engagement in your fucking game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a little bit of social responsibility. This is what I'm I'm talking about. And this isn't some wild idea, by the way. This is the, I'm I'm talking from experience here. These are things that we have, you know, dealt with in the past. Right. You know, I mean, anytime you take anonymity away uh, and add accountability into any Internet discussion, then it's going to make things a little less toxic because, you know, no, right. now people can see this guy is a fucking asshole. <laughs> right. I think one of the reasons why, because toxicity across gaming <clears throat> is definitely at an all time high. Right. Definitely at an all time high. And I think it has a lot to do, one, with accessibility, but also with the fact that since League of Legends, and League of Legends really kind of kicked this off, uh, developers and publishers have taken way more control of their competitive communities and, um, you know, not given as many tools to the community itself to police themselves, you know? Uh, when you had dedicated servers ran by, you know, community server admins, justice was delivered swift and hard. Right. You know, it was. I mean, we have better systems they have better systems in place than they do now. Like, for example, let's say somebody got banned and was put on a global ban list. Okay. that And they, they do it by GYD. That person buys a new account. It's going to take a great deal of time for the publisher or developer to do another wave of bans, find out this person's a Smurf. Because they can do it. They'll find out this person's a Smurf or this is another account and then ban that person again. You leave right. that shit up to the community a week two weeks figure out the same guy it's the same asshole we just banned boom another account now you're out of another between 20 to 60 bucks just as swift and fast <laughs> you know <laughs> but uh yeah ever since league of legends developers have been taking way more control of their competitive communities and not giving the the tools to the communities to kind of police themselves or at least hold other community members accountable because it does put more money into their pockets you know that it right. does like you know um it, it, uh, esports is a is a big money maker, and they want to have as tight the tight control of it <laughs> as they can. I mean, I know Valve would love to have more control over the Counter Strike scene if they could, but the Counter Strike scene was built from the gra- from grassroots from the ground up. You're just not going to come in there and completely take over. Same thing with like fighting games, right? Right. You know, Capcom Pro Tour. I I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure with Capcom Pro Tour, the only tournament that's held specifically by Capcom is like the finals. I'm pretty sure every other Capcom Pro Tour tournament is uh, FG, like community-based FGC events. Right. You know, and you get points for winning there. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that there's a lot of community accountability there as well. Right. So, yeah, by the more community involvement you have, the more people are held more accountable, per se. That is going to lead to less toxicity, or at least if it does lead to if people are toxic it can be dealt with a little bit faster you know they'll feel the repercussions a little bit faster and i I really am hoping that the success of lfg leads to a sort of guild or clan system 
um, because way back in the Halo 2 days, that was like the shit. You know, like clans yeah. were, you wanted to be in a clan. You wanted people to play with and all the things like that. But if you were an asshole in a clan, you're gone. Like it did, yeah. it took no time whatsoever. I mean, uh, I actually managed one that got pretty decent in Halo 2 for a while there. Um, and there were, it was just like on a weekly basis, there'd be like one or two assholes that joined up and just kick them on out. Get and, out. you know, everybody's just, happy go lucky we had a good time yeah i mean i i i had one clan member a while back um <laughs> that when we first started playing him he was a complete asshole and we just didn't want to deal with him he was out a couple months later um somebody who's still in the clan was like yeah he's you know he vouched for him i was like look he, he realized he was a huge douchebag huge asshole and he wants back in he came back in and he was totally cool <laughs> you right. know like he was totally cool he learned his lesson which is you know you do a little growing you do a little retrospect that that's what kind of happens. I think we definitely will get a guild or clan system. Maybe I really like so. you know, maybe like an organization or something like that. You know, you can make your own organization and Overwatch <laughs> or some shit like that. Um, and I think that I think that'd be a great idea because it's more uh, social responsibility, more community engagement. You know, right. and I think and with the, maybe Blizzard, the word of the week is accountability. I mean, that hundred percent. Exactly. I, I can't, like, I just, it's a little tough for me to think that Blizzard didn't think of this stuff ahead of time, considering that a huge part of World of Warcraft, obviously, is clans and guilds, and there's a huge amount of social responsibility there, you know? Right. Obviously, Bl- Blizzard has to take care of the big stuff, like this person's hacking, this person's gold farming, stuff like that. But, you know, a lot of the bad behavior of individuals is handled at the guild level. You want to be in a good guild. You want people who raid on a schedule. But if you're an asshole or something like that, you don't want to get kicked and stuff like that. You know, right? So I'm. It's like I'm. The fact that we're going into year three and now it's finally coming. I'm grateful. <laughs> but this is just stuff that I thought they sh- they might have you know thought of ahead of time. But then again, I mean, Overwatch. They didn't expect Overwatch to be as big as it was, right? Right. And it's just something brand new. They built a brand new engine for it. They've never done a first person shooter before. So yeah, I can also see that, that they had other things that they were more focused on. Right. Yeah. You know? So I forgive you, Jeff. You're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I could see that they would be scared of with a guild or a clan system would be that solo queue when you're not in the guild might be a bit more toxic. Um, just because people that get kicked out of guilds and all, they're kind of like, it's kind of a, self-made leavers island almost you know if you're not in a clan or guild that's reputable or things like that but right. you know then again their queue system may take care of that i don't know whatever happens in the background i'm sure they'll take it to take it into account right yeah i still think that the lfg specifically needs a reputation system that is separate from the endorsement system right um i think that if somebody is, uh, you know, if they, if they go into multiple, multiple uh, groups and they're just being an asshole, they're being toxic. You sh- they should be able to get a negative rating, right? Based on least, like how they pair with groups, right? Or at least get something that like kind of keeps track of if you get into a group and get kicked out. You know how many times you're kicked from a group within maybe a certain amount of time or something like That's that. Like after, I've been kicked from groups. Like I've been in groups, LG groups before, where like there'd be like a guy and his friend. They're like one is a main tank and the other one's a DPS, and they're both sucking ass, and that's why we lost. 
and he'd <laughs> kick everybody in the group. You know, yeah, or, you players. know, maybe like ask like why did you kick this player and like have a quick just like don't want to play with them skill level too low or being an asshole. <laughs> that would be the the biggest problem with having a, a system that allows you to have a negative rating is that people just madding your group because you guys didn't win and give everybody a negative rating for a group. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah, that, that would be an issue. So something has to be like worked out there i think that that's that's why you can't just take it and put it into the game something has to be worked out there but the endorsement system do you exclude level ones you know that those are like new players like maybe like a year or two down the road maybe but then again if you get new players like you know because most most of people who are playing overwatch will have um a higher endorsement i mean it takes nothing to get to level two right right um but, you know, then you still have new people coming in. You got those free weekends. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you don't want to play with those players anyway. But still, you know, it'd be kind of kind of tough on newer players. It, it kind of segments them away. So that's kind of thing. I think one thing that I have, several people have said this. I've noticed it. But I've been hearing way more females on comms since LFG. Same. That is that is a good thing. They're feeling more comfortable talking in the groups uh, versus just playing in a competitive game, saying something and something like, "Oh my God, can I see your tits?" Like you know, stuff yeah. like that. Like it's it's way less likely that they're gonna run into that, especially if they're leading the group, because then that person could just get kicked. Yeah, right. Um, there's more of a direct, you know, response to it's that accountability. <laughs> Once yes, <again>. exactly. <laughs> That that there is a more more of that. So I'm hearing way more females, which is that's great because you want everybody to talk in Overwatch, right? You know, you want everybody talking Overwatch. The more people are talking on comms, the better. Uh, so there's, you won't get me any complaints out of that. There was some talk on the forums. Actually, there were multiple forum posts, which I wasn't going to bring up, but then I I saw one, and then I saw two, and I saw three. You know. <laughs> of lfg groups that are female only and of course every group or every post is about you know i don't think this is the way to go you know it's exclusionary it's it doesn't promote equality if you want equality then you have to play with everybody and i want to address that a male is getting ready to address a female problem please buckle <laughs> your seat belts <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and mansplain this shit right quick so this is, and I guess maybe this is, this is not me talking to females, by the way. This is me talking to some of my f- fellow male gamers that may not necessarily understand why this isn't a problem. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, you know, oh no, this is a part of equality. Because it's not. Like if you have a group that excludes males, it's not, it's not equal. It's, it's, it's exclusionary. You're 100% right. Yes, it is exclusionary. But this is why it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Um, unless you deny that there is a problem with harassment toward females uh, in gaming, I think we can all agree that there's a lot of harassment of females in gaming, especially when they get on comms. I think that's kind of undeniable. Right. Absolutely. And, I mean, you have to look no further than Twitch streamers to see the fucking thirsty, crazy assholes because we, oh, un- yeah. as unfortunate as it is, gamers have gotten the reputation from the vocal minority of fucking creepy basement dwelling perma virgins that just harass the shit out of women. 
And everybody always says we want more female gamers. You know, I wish more women would get into gaming, get into things like that. And it's just these fucking assholes causing that weird problem when most most dudes are totally cool with it. And they're psyched to have a female on on the team. You know, they really want it because that's cool. You know, that's like, yeah, I want you to be interested in the things I'm interested in because that's totally cool and awesome. And if they want to form an all female group and they don't have to worry about those weird creeps fucking let them you don't there's no rule that says you have to have you have to accept women in your groups if you want to do a little boys only club and do your little thing fine you know do it but let them let them do what the hell they want to do because personally i i want i want anything that can be done to make someone more comfortable in this game and make them want to play this game more and be part of my community that's a good thing in my opinion right well, then on top of that, right, um, you know, besides the fact that obviously there's people who want, you know, females to be more engaged uh, in, you know, uh, male activities. Uh, when I play Overwatch, I just want to win, <laughs> you know, and if and, and, and playing and if, if having people on comms is definitely better than not having people on comms. So I want females to feel comfortable, uh, you know, being on comms. That being said. Back to the you know the exclusionary nature of a female only group, right? Um, the reason I'm saying that that's not a problem, or I don't think it's a problem, even though it is exclusionary, is that, um, like we said, we all know that there is a well, like I said, unless you're a denier, we all know that there's a problem with harassment in online games, specifically more toward women. Um, when somebody is learning to swim, right? You don't just toss them into the water unless you're a bad parent. You let them get comfortable with the water. You're a bad parent. <laughs> you let them get comfortable with the water, right? You put your feet in the water. Maybe you get into the pool a little bit, tread the water a little bit, and then, you know, you kind of start teaching them to swim. If, if, if there's a lot of female gamers out there that play Overwatch and aren't comfortable in getting on voice comms, um, a good way to get them more acquainted to using voice comms on a regular basis is to have female-only groups. It makes it more welcoming. Like, okay, this is a female-only group. You're not going to have to worry about or you... I'm not going to say you don't have to worry about creeps because there's definitely female gamers out there that are also creeps. Oh, yeah. that's, that's not exclusionary to males. But it's less likely that you're going to run into <laughs> a creep in a female-only group. Not only does that encourage more voice comes out, probably also encourage more females to play the game in general. Right. You know, like you, you can... Like, you know, if, if let's say there's a female Facebook, uh, a Facebook group of female Overwatch players, right? They let them in like, okay, guys, we're going to be running these groups and it's going to be females only. That can get more women to play the game in general. Right. Then once they're in the game and they're used to playing voice comms and they feel more comfortable, then, you know, I highly doubt that uh, women that come into the game that were afraid to use voice comms will, will remain that way for, forever. You know, like they may only want to talk to females at first, but eventually they'll probably branch out. They'll probably start getting into regular comp match, not regular comp matches, but comp matches with males and females and start using voice chat as well. You know, so right. it's it's there's nothing wrong with it because it, 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 it only helps, you know, right. It only helps just because they're using female group uh, just because they're doing female only groups now doesn't mean they're going to do it forever and they do it forever. So what? You know, they're not bothering you at that point, right? The only thing that's bothering you is the fact that you can't get into that group, that they're excluding right. you. 
that's your problem, dude. Like, <laughs> that, that, that's literally just your problem. You shouldn't, you don't have to let it bother you, you know? Right. I mean, anytime that someone that's, anytime someone wants to get into something that I'm interested in, I'm all fucking for it. And anything I can do to make them more interested in it, because I, I get into something really hardcore, like um, when I started getting into building PCs and things like that, Anybody that wanted to talk about it, listen, I'm like, yo, yeah, this thing's cool. And, you know, you should totally do this and this and that. You know, I wanted them to get into it with me. And it's the same thing with Overwatch. You want them to be more comfortable. You want to open that door and let them come in, like, come into my world. This is, is, I love this thing. I'm passionate about it. Please come here. But if they're uncomfortable, they're fucking uncomfortable. And anything that will make them want to get more into the same interest that I'm in, I'm all for it. 100%. Right. And I'm more for, like, you know, even though I'm not necessarily for, like, you know, exclusionary groups and stuff like that, in this case, when you have, like, a minority group, uh, it it will help to, so that a place where they can, for them to group together and then play, because it, it gets them introduced into the game or into using voice comms, and at the end of the day, it will strengthen the community, because they're gonna eventually going to come out of that. They right. are. You know? Um, I mean, I think one of the best examples, I, don't, I, don't, I can't think of too many PC gaming examples that have female only like groups and communities. But when you have something like in um, fighting game community or Smash community specifically has like Smash Sisters, right? Right. And, um, you know, I believe that is uh, female only tournaments. And I guess some people can complain about it. Actually, I don't even know if they do female only tournaments. I know that they are female centric Smash group. Right? right. I'm just assuming that they also hold female uh, only tournaments, but uh, that will help fe- more females come into Smash into the FGC because it's a welcoming kind of uh, it's a welcoming environment. Gets you familiar with the game, and then gets you familiar with the community, and then when you're confident enough, you can go out and you know engage with the rest right. of the community. They don't have to work on your timetable, you right. know. So chill out it's okay you don't have to be involved in everything you know you don't like just because you can't join that club or you can't join that group that's 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 just a problem that's in your head that's not going to cause some larger issue in overwatch it really isn't right. <laughs> just just let it go <laughs> i mean at some point you just gotta yeah realize you're you're really just doing elitism i mean that's what you're practicing just let them pull, let them have fun let them do what the hell they want and just exactly mind your own fucking business bro <laughs> yeah I, I, obviously if, if there's a if, if females are joining female only groups it's for a reason right whether you think it's a real reason or not it's for a reason even if, like if you even think well it's not that much harassment well they do you know right and so let them play the game how they want to play the game and when they're comfortable enough they'll engage um you know with whoever they want to engage with and that's that's that, right that's kind of it you know i mean just, if, if you don't think that that that's a problem in this community you haven't been gaming long enough I, i'll tell you that I oh mean, yeah i'm not one of those that preaches like you know privilege this that and the other this is an example that you can readily see uh that it's it's just obvious 100 percent. oh absolutely like i mean <coughs> Generally speaking, people who don't see problems or don't cause problems, right? Right. See it. People are shocked at the way, like, at some of the experiences that I've had as, like, a black gamer back in the early 2000s. I just, I, if you listen to the latest MASHcast, I talked about it a little bit. And I'm going to expand on it a little bit here, right? So, 
what female gamers are going through now more than ever, and they went through it back then too, don't get me wrong, um, is akin to what I personally experience as being a black PC gamer. Because PC gaming is a privileged space. If you are playing on a PC, you are a privileged gamer. That's it. Gaming, <laughs> period, is privileged. It, it is, because you have to have money to right. do it. It means you have to have extra money to do this thing. Extra money in time, okay? Um, but PC gaming is way up there. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, it's way up there. It's like super privileged, because PC gaming is probably the most expensive game you're going to do. PC gaming is mostly a white space now. Um it was extra white back in the early 2000s. Right? <laughs> and um, basically, like, dude, like, I would get, I would have people call me a nigger in game, a monkey, an ape, you know? I'd get messages in IRC on Steam. I would, I, I was banned from uh, clan channels in IRC when they found that I was black. I had a clan leader message me after you banned me he's like i just want to make this clear i'm banning you because you're a nigger and no niggers are allowed here flat out that's what he said um i had people register accounts under my name and do like crazy shit like on different websites (laughs) and do crazy shit like account and you know i couldn't i couldn't like back then there was no department to handle if somebody was impersonating you that was just well they got the account that's it we can't do anything about it so I was impersonated and people would, you know, I'm not even going to get into that shit, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I experienced personally. Now, I handled it a little differently. That, like, that experience is how I became salt-powered. Like, I, that's, <laughs> that experience is what turned me into the person, like, I feed off of your tears and loss. <laughs> like, you know, like, if I had a... Uh, you know, if I was playing Counter Strike in a in a pub server or something like that, and somebody started saying some shit to me, I'd just make sure I TK him every fucking round. And I had a bind that said, I had a bind I would hit that said, "Dead men don't speak," <laughs> you know, just to just to get the blood boiling a little a little bit. So like for me, when people get like you know toxic and salty and stuff like that, like justice for me is getting to you know is beating them knocking right. your team out of playoff contention and shit like that Woof. love that oh, um, yeah because yeah. actually specifically that clan leader i was talking about we played them a few seasons later and it was us and them for playoffs and we knocked them out of playoff contention oh man i bet that was woof. oh god i just messed the after something <laughs> with a nice nice smiley face <laughs> that was that was the end of it you know gg easy bitch <laughs> yeah like exactly so that's that worked for me but I totally understand that that doesn't work for everybody. Right. Right. Some, like some people, you know, they just don't want to deal with it. When they come to game, they want to have fun. They don't want to have to deal with that. I think it was more of my competitive nature that made that, you know, okay for me, but not a lot of, not everybody wants to do that. And I totally understand that. I think you should just leave them be. It's okay. You don't, you don't have to be involved in everything. You don't have to be. Exactly. that's it so yeah like i'm saying like you know the the like and i guess the main point i was going to try to make about that before you know because i I guess some, somebody said like well what's the point is that when i would bring that up to certain people right like my experiences they'd be like oh it's not that bad it's not that much racism this is back in the early 2000s like it's not that bad right. you're over exaggerating 
you don't know you, you you don't that that's not you know that's not really happening all over the place that's just a few people well yeah it was a few people um that targeted me <laughs> you know that was targeted <laughs> me and that can seem like a lot when all you're trying to do is play a game so right um yeah what like the way harassment works now like it's 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 definitely there even if you're not the person that's committing it you know right just because you don't see it or you're not doing it doesn't mean it doesn't exist right i mean if you if you play three or four hundred games and the same thing happens three or four different times or you go in a night and you queue with the same person three or four times you know or something like that and you're getting targeted for something that you can't control like that that feels like a lot more than what may be in the community that you know you're the one getting that and even if it's not a huge problem, even if it's 1% of the population, that's one out of every 100 games. And how many Overwatch games have you played? Yeah. You know? So, especially for women, I've been in several, several games where we queued with a female gamer and she got on comms and some fucking weirdo was being a creep to her. And we all had to mute the guy because he was being a complete, complete and total douchebag or just a creep. Right. Or yeah. even, even in quick play or like arcade or things like that, dudes were just tough for for the fucking memes, you know, being a fucking weirdo. And it's, that's not cool. You know, let them do what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I've reported so many guys for doing exactly <clears throat> that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And just like, dude, like just, it's annoying. It's annoying to hear. It's not funny. Like we're not laughing with you. Like, right. you know, it, shit's yeah, not funny. You're, you're just being an edge Lord at that point. And it's like, if you're an edge Lord and it's just a bunch of dudes, whatever, it's like, Oh, you're a fucking, you know, I already don't think you're cool or anything like that, but if you're doing it and it's, you know, this woman who obviously experiences this a lot more than we do, it's like, that's really not cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. So to end this segment, just please stop bitching in the forums about female only groups. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I haven't seen a ton, like a whole, like a ton of them, but like seeing three posts, actually, I'm sorry. It was four posts in the last week. I let it go. Like it's it's okay. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> if you want to fight for anything, fight for Reinhardt getting fixed. Okay, spend <laughs> your energy on that. <laughs> spend your energy on Reinhardt bugs getting fixed. Thank you. Uh, but with that, let's go ahead and get into our weekly updates, and then we're gonna go ahead and close up. Right. Weekly updates. So we've got three weekly updates primarily. Uh, first of all, this is Lucio emote for the Overwatch All Access Pass uh, for on Twitch over Overwatch League All Access Pass on Twitch. If you have All Access, or you're gonna want to, or you're gonna spend thirty bucks on All Access with two what two games left? Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you uh, you can go ahead and get this super sweet Lucio emote. Probably the best emote in the game, I'd say. And, uh, yeah, now, obviously this is causing a lot of trouble because, or causing a lot of, um, ruckus because people are kind of pissed. They're kind of pissed that, um, you have to, it's basically a $30 emote. Essentially. Right. right. Now the, the other stuff that you could get from Overwatch League is, uh, all Overwatch League centric, you know? Right. It's, uh, you know, uh, team scans or scans that say Overwatch League, stuff like that. This is a general skin that you can only get with all, ex- uh, all access pass, you know. And a lot of people are pissed because it's not Overwatch League centric. They're basically just trying to bolster 
you know, they're they're the purchases of the uh of the uh the Twitch subscription, which I get. I mean they're business. They make money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm not even gonna complain about the emote itself being that way, but they really should either offer a discounted price for purchasing this late or offer some kind of package that gets you the next season pass and the rest of this one for just a little bit extra or something like they, they should just, they should make it so that you're not buying it for the last two games, you know, uh, at full price. That's really the only complaint I have because I mean, you're right. They're a business and incentive to purchase something is that's just, that's just the way it goes, buddy. Sorry. You know, if you want this fucking Lucio moat, sorry, that's, it's a reward. It's a reward for supporting the game you love. Sorry. That's all I can say I, to you. I mean, if they want the charge for the emote, they I mean I get I think the emote should be you get it free with Twitch uh with the with the all access pass, but they should also have a version that you could buy yourself if you wanted it that much. I mean you're still supporting the game that you love. Right. You know, I think that's yeah, maybe then it does kind of take like some of the value out of it like out of having this, you know, out of having the uh the subscription, you know, like when you buy it. And you pay for this subscription, like the little extras you get are like, oh, that's really cool. You know, this is exclusive. This is things I only get with this. And then if someone can just go out and buy it regularly, it's like, oh, that takes some of the novelty out of this thing I bought because I love the Overwatch League, etc. So I don't know if I agree with that. It should have been Overwatch League, like specific. It should have been something specific to Overwatch League. Just put a goddamn Overwatch League I can't fucking stamp on the the goddamn (laughs) turntables. Like, you know, something. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not. I it's not really a huge deal for me. I don't really use emotes in game. If I do, it is before the game fucking starts, and then I totally forget to use emotes as I right. play the game. So like <laughs> that, I don't give a fuck. But yeah, there's been a lot of ruckus about it. Um, additionally, Wrecking Ball goes live on the 24th of July. That's when he is in game. That's when you get to go ham. Und. Ooh, look at that joke. Uh. <laughs> We're getting late. It's getting late here, folks. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, so it's going to go live in uh, you know, the 24th in both PC and console. And I I imagine they're going to put him straight away in the comp. I think okay, they said they were after Brigitte. They weren't going to hold him back any, right. anymore. Which is kind of weird because they definitely held Symmetra back when they yeah, made her change. Yeah, it's kind of strange. So... Go ahead, Blizzard. Put him in the game. Completely disrupt the meta while he's probably broken. Then you have to make some changes. <laughs> completely delegitimize competitive play for a while. And, uh, you know, we'll get back to normal as soon as we can. Happens just at the in end time. of every season anyway. <laughs> just, just in time for the next character to come out and you, for you to do it all over again. Oh, yeah. The cycle yeah. continues. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, Wrecking Ball goes live 724. And there's also... I'm not. Gonna, I don't know if it's a a problem with top 500, but there's definitely some shifts in top 500 happening because of the SMS protect. So we talked about it, you know, a while ago. Uh, with I guess with the last patch before the season started, is that to be in top 500, you now have to verify your account via SMS protect. Um, and if you don't, that account can't be in top 500, even if it's you know in the range. But right. What's been happening is one tons of Smurfs are no longer. And top 500, you know, so if you were a top 500 player and you had three accounts and all three accounts were in top 500, now it's only one. So it's making more space for people in lower ranks. Another issue is that if people aren't verifying their accounts via SMS protect, they're not showing up in top 500. So the range in top 500 is a lot larger 
like I think it was like you know you had to be four point five k and higher to be uh you know in the top five hundred in the United States and I think in Europe it's like it goes as low as four k and in Asia it drops as low as thirty five hundred I think so masters right um yeah so top five hundred is pretty wide now <laughs> pretty wide. So uh yeah, if you were close, you know, you might you might want to check it out. You might be in there now. You might just need to put SMS protect on and go ahead and get in right. there, you know. Because you probably I mean, didn't have SMS protect on before, even if you're a masters or something like that, right? Right. You know? Does it give you like a notification it. or something? Like does it say, Hey, look, you know, you might want to turn this on because you've been five hundred, you know, bro. <laughs> does it I don't say know. anything? I don't. I don't know if it says anything. I don't know. I'm. I'm not top five hundred. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, that's our weekly updates, and we're gonna go ahead and start closing up the show. I think there's a couple of game nights this weekend. Bob's not here. On yeah, he the, keeps up with the, that shit. Yeah, like I think there's like a Calvary game night, an Omnic Lab game night, or maybe just a Calvary game night. And I think Omnic Lab game night is next week. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um. But that, yeah, so there there are some community events there. Uh, no console game nights this week. That I uh, yeah, it's okay. Bob just chimed in. It's Calvary game night. Uh, I will not be at any um, any uh, console game nights this week. But like I said last week, Melo Yeti is trying to organize you know more game nights on a weekly basis. So I'm actually going to talk to him, and we're going to see if we can get this a bit more organized so I can get some more information. You know, put it out on the show. Uh, but other than that, you know, I always want to talk about prepare to attack. If you have not listened to prepare to attack, you're doing yourself a disservice, especially <laughs> if you are not in like diamond or masters, you're doing yourself a disservice. You can definitely improve your game by listening to prepare to attack. Uh, right now, only episodes we don't, the only character we don't have out is Brigitte, obviously wrecking ball because he's not even out yet. Uh, we are working on reworks for Symmetra and Hanzo, and we do have some updates to Mercy coming out soon. Uh, if you are Mercy main, so, you know, just get ready for that. Uh, if you're not here on stream, we do live stream every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'd love to have you here to join us and chat with us uh, while we talk Overwatch. Always want to hear about your Overwatch stories, and we will get into uh, our contact information a bit later. And we do have a PS4 community and Xbox One club. They're both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. So, you know, join us there and, um, you know... When we do these game nights, you'll be up to date. And also, we love to have you in our Discord, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. Like I mentioned earlier, love to have you there. And I always like to talk about Heroes of Overwatch. If you're on, if you're on Facebook, it is a Facebook group that, uh, you know, doesn't matter what platform you're on, you, where you can keep up with the latest news, check out the latest memes, and also hook up with other players to, uh, you know, to play Overwatch there. If you're on Facebook, it's a great group. Highly suggest it. I thank everybody for listening. We're available on multiple podcast platforms uh, on both iOS and Android. So you just pop Watchpoint Radio into your favorite podcast catcher and you should be able to find our show and subscribe. If you cannot in your podcast platform of choice, just go right to the Mashes Buttons website and grab the RSS feed and you should be able to put it in there and you'll be good to go. Uh, the Twitter for this show is twitter.com slash watchpointradio. We also... You can also find us at twitter.com slash mtb site, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, and youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, you can um, actually, Kinder, you want to give me your contact info? Sure, why not? Uh, you can find my podcast on www.fraggingout.com. Uh, we also have a Discord at discord.me slash fragging out. 
Our Twitter is Twitter at Fragging Out Pod. My personal Twitter is Twitter at NerfKinderPlus, PLS. And oh, yeah, of course, uh, twitch.tv slash Fragging Out. Hopefully, we'll be getting back on that little streaming horse here shortly. We did make affiliate and all that, but uh, we've been having some uh, personal stuff go on with uh, the both of us. So I won't get into that. <laughs> gotcha. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore. Okay, I'm sorry. That's my whole Twitter handle. It's Church of Jaw now. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Church of Jaw. And um, you can also find me here streaming on twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. I am going to make more of a concerted effort to stream on a regular basis. Uh, and I'll have more information out on that. Uh, but yeah, like twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. Go ahead and subscribe. And you'll either catch this show, or you'll catch me playing some other stuff. Um, and also, uh, Pop-Tart streams, well, she, she tries to stream every Saturday at 6 p.m., so she usually puts a good stream together. She's been playing Cuphead recently, which has been pretty good. I know. I've watched a little bit of that. It's it's a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. So check definitely check that out. Um, like we, we mentioned earlier, we encourage you guys to reach out to us. So you can email us at WPR at MashesButtons.com. You can also send us messages on Twitter, Facebook, the Mashes Buttons website, Speaking of the Mashes Buttons website, I just realized that I forgot to put something into the notes, and we had more user feedback from the Mashes Buttons website. One second, because I'm going to pull that shit up right now. Here I feel bad you. now. I feel bad because I'm, I'm a bad. I'm the person that's supposed to uh, to check that shit out. So um, <laughs> this is from ZZ Titanic. <laughs> ZZ, I am very sorry. So this should have been in the beginning of the show. Um, I'm actually for the podcast. I'm, I think I might just put this in, like, put this in proper place. <laughs> Fix it in post. So sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he says, with the tour rework, had a couple of ideas or call them predictions. What if he could build a small health pack generator or could have a turret similar to the turret in Borderlands 2? Could stick to walls, maybe after X amount of damage, it auto upgrades, maybe allow it to uh, a level, level 3 without an alt to give it a shield. Just a few ideas. What do you guys think? Hmm. That that's I think an interesting idea. S- that's an interesting, interesting idea. I kind of want to save that um, for next week when Bob's back, right. if you don't mind. I'm gonna save that because that sh- that right there that has a lot of implications. That'd be a good riff. You know how much we love to riff on the tour rework. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna save that for next week. That's a, I really wish I, I would have remembered to put that in. Uh, really sorry about that, dude. But we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna sa- we're gonna save our responses for next week. But we'll definitely go ahead and uh, put that in. So yeah, like I said, reach out to us. Whether it's at the front of the show, or the beginning of the show, end of the show, we're gonna find it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, if you enjoy the show, you want to help us out. One of the best ways to do so is to uh, you know share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to take your support a bit further, you can become a subscriber on Twitch, which is a huge help. You can buy merchandise from our Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash store slash match those buttons. And you can also become a patron. That uh, that's, that's a huge help. Patreon.com slash match those buttons. And the support that we've been given so far is definitely going someplace. We have things in motion that I'm going to be sharing soon, and I'm really looking forward to it. So, yeah, and deep Vs are a part of it. So, <laughs> so you guys, yeah, thank you guys very much for, uh, for your support. And, uh, yeah, you guys should also check out slash shows to see the other shows we have available. We have two World of Warcraft shows, 
a division show and a fighting game show. Uh, you know, so, you know, check them out. If you like the division fighting games of World of Warcraft, they're pretty great shows. I know. I listen to them all. I edit them all. So <laughs> check them out. <laughs> you listen but, to them because you're forced to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's it for us, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll catch you next week. Oh, yeah. Hopefully next week, Bob will be back as well.